I'm super worried because my wife left the room and she has to go get a cocktail. And she was already inebriated when we walked into the oh, was she? <laughs> Very well inebriated. Well, it's not a big enough place that she got lost, I'm sure. She's probably just out there making friends oh, she, and talking and drinking. Everybody there will know that I'm in here yeah. <laughs> drinking by the by one time we're done. That's good. That's good. That's awesome. So let's, uh, the, we starting with the... Uh, the double? With, with the D. I don't know. You don't want to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> episode of the bourbon hunters dude tyler and jeff visit the back speakeasy room at justin's house of bourbon in louisville to sit down with the big chief from the bourbon road we get to pick his brain about the industry college football and other fun topics while sipping on some house of bourbon barrel picks from nulu but before we get started let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor unicorn nation apparel magical apparel for magical people go to their website at www.unicornnationapparel.com or check out the link in our bio for some awesome bourbon hunters exclusive bourbon shirts provided by unicorn nation apparel Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Hunters. I'm Dude Four. I'm joined by Tyler Schaefer and Jeff Tress, and we are sitting in Justin's House of Bourbon in Louisville. Um, and we're sitting here with uh, Michael from, uh, well, Big Chief, I guess is probably the, what everyone knows you by. Or uh, you've inst- you've recently changed your handle a little bit, right? Uh, from, <laughs> from, a, from the Bourbon Road, yeah. yeah. Big Bourbon Chief, but I'm still Big Chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, tell us a little bit. So uh, you're from uh, the Bourbon Road podcast. Yeah, so the Bourbon Road is uh, a podcast about the bourbon culture, kind of like you guys, right? Uh, we're two military veterans um, that just like to talk about bourbon. If it has to do with bourbon, if you're an artist, if you're a distillery, if you make furniture out of bourbon, if you're in the bourbon business, we want to talk to you. We want to tell whiskey fans out there. But we also love craft distilleries, you know, and but we try to showcase those to the world. Well, yeah, you guys do. You do two episodes a week, right? So you have your craft distillery Mondays, and then you have your regular long form on Wednesdays. Yeah. It, you know, you try to do that craft distillery. We don't always do a craft distillery. Right, right. Sometimes we'll have a big boy on there, or a big, a big woman whiskey. You can even say that. Not <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I... Grown woman whiskey on there, I'd say. But we... Like, last week we had Stag Jr. on. We reviewed it and stuff. And that's coming from our palates, you know, and... I would say we've gained a lot of respect for our palates because Jim's a rye bourbon drinker. Mm-hmm. I'm a weeded guy. So it's kind of that mixture, and you usually can get a good mixture of that and say, hey, this is a good bourbon right here. Mm-hmm. Now, Stag Jr. is Stag Jr., right? Yeah. It's a good bourbon. Yeah. Sure. Um, but we like to find those diamonds in the rough. You know, you go to a craft distillery. You guys are from Columbus up there. You guys got watershed up there, right? Yeah. They're making some good stuff. Pretty yeah. amazing uh, whiskey coming out of there. But all across the United States, 
I don't know if you call it a whiskey revolution. Dave Pickerel's. Uh, I think we try to avoid that term, right? Whiskey revolution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whiskey rebellion. Whiskey rebellion. Um, <laughs> I think Dave Pickerel's distilleries that he worked with are coming of age right now. We're mm-hmm. in that, you know, that twilight of whiskey yeah. for him. Uh, even though he passed away, they're coming to five, six years old. That whiskey is that age too. So we're getting to see the magic in those from those his barrels. consultation and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what I really enjoy about your guys' podcast is you've always got these crazy tastes, you know, uh, <laughs> that that you do like corn pops or things that I would never even think of, and and you do a really good job of doing recall back to something in your youth or something mm-hmm. of you know of, of relating it to something that everyone can relate to taste wise. Which I think is awesome, and then you, and then uh, you know, your counterpart actually gives the more traditional, you know, tastings and, and notes for the most part. But I've caught him now, lately, starting to add in some of your, uh, <laughs> some of your uh, flair of, of some of the different uh, taste notes like that. Uh, but I think that's kind of cool. And, and again, like you said, the kind of that rounded out to each other. You've got the the cool, crazy notes that people can really, really relate to, you know, and then also the the traditional notes as well. So. Um, I've always enjoyed it. It's such a super laid back, like relaxing podcast. You know, you guys don't get too amped up about anything. You just kind of stay nice and, and neutral the whole way and, and talk basically facts with, uh, you know, the, the distillers, like you mentioned, all your guests. And I've just always enjoyed it. I've listened to it since the time we started podcasting. Yeah. I've always listened to you guys just as kind of a reference point and a, you know, just to, to kind of keep my barometer going with, sure. uh, you know, the, the, I guess the the podcasting and the and the uh, you know the way things go for you know our direction and stuff like that too. You got so. me over here blushing like a schoolgirl. <laughs> <laughs> those whiskey tasting notes, I, I've gotten beat up over those. Oh uh, no, they're awesome for the last two and a half years. People are like, "Hey, you just throw a dart at a at a dartboard and come out with your tasting notes." And I'm, you know, I try to tell when I talk about bourbon, I try to tell people that is it's the way I taste it. Yeah, you know? and I try to go from a memory I have or I'll taste something and I'll be like, man, that taste, I, I could just get that. Yeah. I had a cocktail today. It was called the Frontiersman and it reminded me of Christmas cheer. Uh, she made it so good, right? It just reminded <laughs> me of a kid in Christmas mm-hmm. and uh, that spices of Christmas where everything was in that cocktail. And it wasn't like an elaborate cocktail or anything. It was just some Uncle Nearest, some uh, black walnut bitters, and some type of orange, and then she toasted an orange peel and put it in there, and it would mm. just it just popped. I was like, man, this is really good. That's that's cool. See, that's that what I mean. Cool. Though. Yeah, Christmas yeah. cheer, like right. That's a, that's a you know a note for. Well, and that's uh, really all you know. Taste is it's just a, a memory of yeah, like a know, recall your, of something. Yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of goes back to uh, how you you know readjusted your smell um, after COVID. Yeah. You know, it's just about your memory picking up. This is what this smells like. This is what this smells like, tastes like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah so to go back. Your those, sensory yeah. for, for that, too. Yeah. So when you when you pull those notes just from, you know, memories of just crazy things, whatever it might be, it's just, I mean, it's not wrong. I, another thing I try to do when we're drinking bourbon, and I like, I see how you guys got kind of set up like we do. We always have water with us. I might take a couple sips of some bourbon, and then I'm going to wash my palate, kind of clean it off with some water and then I'll re go back at it and to yeah. see if I've been there's doing that something else lately. Yeah. that I'm going to get out of that. Uh-huh. What I find too is when I do that, like that visceral reaction on the first sip and then coating with a little bit of water, I feel like the next time the bourbon, if the, if the water is still kind of fresh in your mouth or on your lips, 
the next time you interact with that bourbon, you get a little bit of a different experience because of the water and the way the water wants to attach to that bourbon. I feel like it, I don't know. I've, I started doing that. I can't remember who gave me that idea. It might have been at Heaven Hill, actually. Um, the the one we did, the con- the carnosaur. <laughs> the connoisseur. You're never going to let me live that down. No, no I know. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is you said it, and every time I say it, I look at him because I, I imagine it's something he's the one he that always says. Because that's, yeah. some, that's yeah. something he would have said. <laughs> so yeah. you guys come down to Kentucky for a guy's trip, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's kind of yeah. what this is for number, birthday, yep. Yep. birthday number, trip. Number three. This is yeah. yeah. So the first one was just Tyler and I. We were, and it was actually the first three episodes of our podcast were recording in the car. Yeah, and basically talking about our experience at different uh, distilleries that we went to, and we had never been to the distilleries before. It was our first time in Kentucky, really. Yeah, doing any of that stuff. So it was fun, um, and that's what kind of launched all this. And then w- the I think the biggest reaction we got was not even really about the bourbon stuff. It was just us being stupid and talking. Yeah. About <laughs> so that's kind of where we found our niche. And like we we definitely go into talking about bourbon, we what do. we're drinking, and and we talk about the yeah. history of them as well, yeah. and things like that. But at the same time, we then we'll talk sports, form, we'll talk sports. We'll, we talk yeah. about our lives, lives like when yeah, I was redoing my basement, too. you were yep. doing your patio, and what when you were building your house, and yeah. so I mean, that's that's kind of our niche yeah. is is he doesn't prepare, and then <laughs> we my and, and no we just, my if. if <laughs> my shtick that i cannot i've never listened to a podcast of ours no you've Most, listened to one i've listened to one um but that's because there was some uh mentions of of <laughs> me in there and i wasn't a part of it so, so I you know how listen. you have to try to get people to rate your podcast <laughs> oh, we, yeah. had a, we had an episode where we were doing a giveaway for the best five-star review that ripped on him <laughs> and it was it, we had him do it on a on he was at a bachelor party that weekend yeah. so we recorded it while he was at the bachelor party i believe and he couldn't be there, so we had everyone just basically rip him apart, but give us a five star. And then we gave away a bottle of bourbon for uh, the best. And we, I think you picked it, right? You picked the best review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right, because we did the uh, we did the rye uh, lineup. Yeah, and that was Jimmy's. Uh, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy won that one. But yeah. uh, so you had the list of people rip on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it had yeah. to be it had to be a five star review, but then to rip Tyler apart, and we got yeah. some really funny uh, responses. <laughs> Tyler, don't worry about it. People rip me apart all the so time. So they didn't. I think uh, <laughs> it, it was all fun. Like you could tell they were all joking. It was it was really. Good. I put my own review in there about myself mm-hmm. too, and I don't think they knew that I had listened to it yet, and I so. I went in there and gave us a review. Yeah, so he's he had never listened to the podcast, so we felt safe yeah. asking people on the podcast to review and give him a bad review, and then that's the one he actually listened to. Right. So, so I always um, I, I like to think that our audience is is like just like brand new into um, bourbon, you know. Um, so I always try to bring the perspective and ask the stupid questions, like I'm going to ask who is that, and, and you know I'll, I've I've been like. Dude's always like the there joke is I don't know who Fred Minnick is, right? <laughs> because we were talking about Fred Minnick, and he's like, "Who's Fred Minnick?" Yeah. But that time, yeah, I don't think he was actually joking at that time. Yeah. You know who he is yeah. now, obviously. So but. I mean, to not make the assumption that people, our listeners, know what we're talking about, who we're talking about, and just to be like, you know, hey, it's just a plug for other great resources in bourbon or. Um, and just really explain. Right. I know, I know that's your thing, and yeah. I get it. And it's, but it's still fun to make fun of yeah. because it, it's. <laughs> it's partially like I do it on purpose, but I mean, a lot of times, like I just, I'm just unprepared on right. purpose. So right. exactly. So uh, let's move a little bit to the bourbon, just like you guys. We try to do it, and we, this is way too <laughs> long. We're twelve minutes in. Start recording. with the, the double. 
So yeah, let's. I'd say we probably. I mean, they're both going to probably be a little sweeter, aren't they? Um, so we've got two Nulu uh, House of Bourbon barrel picks in front of us. One is um, the double oak, and the other one is the toasted. Um, and I've only had Nulu once, and it was a toasted, and I fucking loved it. Yeah, you had it at my house, didn't you? No, you never had the one at no. my house. So are you a okay. your sweeter bourbon guy? Actually, I've been leaning towards rise a lot more recently. Um, we're we're a house divided, kind of like you yeah. guys are. I'm not necessarily, you know, uh, I love the wheats as well, but I love all pretty much all the bourbons. The wheats. Yeah. Well, he's a he's the, the self-proclaimed wheats. weeded king of Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think I like a higher rye bourbon. I am for sure. That's where I tend to lean is the higher so either I'm, the higher rye bourbons or rye. And I I tend to like the higher rye bourbons. I don't tend to like most of the ryes. I like the Michter ryes. Um, we just did the Fort Nelson uh, tour today and, and actually lucked out, got the toasted barrel proof. They brought it yeah. out just, as, yeah, we were, just as we were getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But they um, paired it with the, their uh, regular single straight, barrel rye. Yeah. Their straight yeah rye. So you had to buy, their, their you had to buy both. Yeah. But still, I mean, yeah. Oh, oh boy. I had to buy, I had to buy <laughs> a good rye. Arm. <laughs> I had to buy a good rye and then I had to buy an exceptional rye. Yeah. Twist my arm, please. So which you got two bourbons here, right? Nulu picks. Yep. One's a toasted. Yeah, the, the one with the T on it, uh, so you'll see a, the letters uh, on the backside. Uh, so the one with the T is the toasted. The one with the D is the double oak. And um, so they're giving us uh, the back room here. You want to do double oak first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go ahead and start nosing that. I'm gonna the reason it. I ask you about sweeter bourbon, because the one on a T with it, you know, to me, probably my noses, yeah. man, it's got a sweet nose. Yes, on. it does. And I already nosed the, both of them, and that... That toasted is super sweet. Oh, off my. the nose. Yeah, it does. But this, uh, Holy cow, it's almost like a cotton candy. No, this double's got that oak and it's got yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, it, it does have that rye spice going on in it. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, House of Bourbon, they, uh, I reached out to them, let them know we were going to be in town. They invited us in um, to uh, sit here, do our podcast in their back speakeasy. If you've never been to Louisville, and I know there's one in Lexington as well, but if you've never been to Louisville, um, they're sitting like about a block off a of whiskey row and, uh, they're actually facing South. So they're kind of facing the other direction, but, uh, um, you know, you walk in, it's a storefront. They've got a little bit of a bar. They've got some hard to find bourbons and whiskeys for sale on the shelf. Uh, they have some of their own barrel picks as well. Uh, they also have a little speakeasy back room and, and then they have a bar where they can make mixed drinks and, and pour out and let you taste some things as well. Some really hard to find bourbons as well. So like, Rock Hill Farms. They've got some yeah. old uh, Four Roses back there or up there. They've. I think I even saw. But even some of the stuff that's in the glass shelves, I believe you can buy that too, right? You can. Yeah. Yeah, but it, that's it's kind of like half museum, half store type of thing. Yeah, and that's the way I'd kind of break it down. I guess that's the rich people section. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, gla- the uh, glass section. There's a lot of stuff out there that's the rich people section. <laughs> it's like the Neiman Marcus. Of yeah. Right. <laughs> Neiman yeah. Marcus. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Uh, but yeah, the, they were kind enough to let us come in here. They're providing us with a couple pours here uh, of their barrel picks, so we can you know talk about it, uh, yeah. review those a little bit as we go. I'm super worried because my wife left the room and she to go get a good. cocktail, and she was already inebriated when we walked into. The oh, was she? <laughs> Very well. Inebriated. Well, it's not a big enough place that she got lost. I'm sure she's probably just out there making friends oh, she, and talking and drinking. Everybody there will know that I'm in here yeah. <laughs> drinking by the. By one time we're done. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's awesome. So let's, uh, the, we starting with the, uh, the double with the D. I don't know. You don't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
Yeah. So he will make references like that throughout the night. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first one. Yeah. So it's you're right. I, I get a little bit more of the spice on this, almost like um, it's like a wood spice too. Like yeah. It's not um. As much as the spices I'm getting though, I I do get a lot of sweet. Mm-hmm. Underneath of it, yeah, a lot of sweet on the nose too. I was gonna like a sweet uh, spearmint gum on this right here. Uh, okay, that that's what I'm saying. Right spicy, there. there it is. You know, because spearmint gum can't have a like that, not pop that's rocks, true. but spearmint yeah. spice to it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just as you know, as I was saying, if you hear some music in the background, that's because we are actually technically in a bar slash uh, store. Now, what a lot of people don't know, right next door is, is Old Carter Whiskey Company. It's right next door to here. Go over there and see them. Pick up a couple bottles of Old Carter when they're in town. Go to the bar here at Justin's. Get yourself one badass uh, old-fashioned. Drink a couple of those, and you're going to be hungry. Then you, White Castle's like right next door. White Castle. <laughs> oh, and then if, so, if you're feeling like the Neiman Marcus style, you can go over to Repeal. Uh, their steakhouse there is outstanding. That's really good. Uh, yeah, we went there for my birthday. You better it's good. drop a dime. Up oh, in that's there. you're right. Yeah. Or unless you stay like with the the uh, what was it? Uh, there, there was a section there that had like some pasta and stuff too. That was a little more reasonable, but yeah, yeah, it so, is a pretty penny there. That's where's good. your favorite place to eat in town? I don't know. I am kind of a foodie and stuff. Oh, uh, you're, t- you're talking to that group today. Uh, we came into town for a couple reasons, but. Um, if you've never been to Drake's or Malone's or Harry's, uh, Malone's Steakhouse out on the west or east end of town. Um, Is that right next to uh, Westport? Nice. What's out there? That uh, The one right next to Westport Whiskey and Wine. I don't remember. We ate there, but I don't think it was Malone's. Mm, That's okay. bourbon and steak out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Um, a place called Barney here, to me, if I was going to drop some money money, that's the place I'm going to go to. Gotcha. Um, Bourbon's Bistro over on Frankfurt Avenue. That's the is that the Bourbon or Buzzard Roost guy? Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Brunner. Yeah. Yeah. you know he was on that those episode, places yeah. right there. You you want to go to support those local right. places yeah. and stuff. But that's what we try to do too. Like today we, on our way to Jeff the Creed, we stopped by the local Dairy Queen. <laughs> the yeah. local we Dairy no Queen. Time. We had no time. We were rushing because we well, stayed but, at Bardstown Bourbon Company a lot longer than we expected. Yeah. We sat. Well, but last night we ate at um, the Rick House. Yeah, yeah, we ate at the Rick House in uh, Barstown. A lot of people yeah. don't know that's there either. Right. We almost didn't know it was there. We went to Mammy's to get a hot brown, and they were closing the the, the kitchen right when we got there. We so, were hammered uh, at this point. Well, well, let's let's slow it down there, Tiger. You were hammered. <laughs> you were hammered. And the reason we were oh, hammered yeah, is so. we stopped at Wild Turkey on our way through yesterday, and they had the... Uh, Master's Keep one. Yeah, the Master's Keep one. Did you pick up a bottle of that? Four. Four. Because <laughs> oh, it, it sold out like yeah. in four hours. Well, yeah. And we did a bottle kill episode of that bottle last night. Wow. So <laughs> so every year as part of it, became yeah, a tradition, it became a tradition last year. We we killed a bottle of Stag last year and a very fine, very Stag rare Junior. or very fine, rare uh, Woodford Stag yeah. Junior. Yeah. Stag Junior. Sorry. Yeah. So we felt we felt this year we had to go together. Our plan was to buy a bottle together a little higher end, even if it was secondary and kill it uh, last night. Yeah. And then we found the masters keep one. We found a person who wasn't buying it, got an extra one and we killed that one last night. And who was your, who, you know, who sold that bottle to you there at the wild Turkey? It was the older uh, gray haired guy. What was his name? Um, no, the, the, the younger guy was the one that we got him from. Was it? Yeah. Um, It wasn't a bald headed guy there with tattoos and stuff. I don't know if you guys know that, uh, Bo Garrett, yeah, Bo Garrett from uh, works there from Montgomery, Montgomery Gentry and stuff, yeah. and he, I'm 
pretty positive he got the very last bottle of that. Oh, no really? way. Yeah, like, okay. like Friday, you mean? Yep. Really? Yeah. We like, I mean, we lucked, we've lucked out this trip. We didn't even see it. It was sitting behind the counter. They already had some like gift bags already boxed up with them or bagged up with them. I had yeah. no idea. We had no idea. We were about to walk out with me just getting a couple of little wild turkey placemats uh, for like glasses. Well, they had that bottle sitting there when we walked in. It said samples at the bar. Yeah. Pours like, at the oh, bar okay. for however much or whatever. <laughs> we'll go try it. And then, <laughs> and then I'm sitting there checking out. I'm like, wait, they've got, you know, you know, when you go to the distillery and they already have gift bags already stuffed with something, you know, something good's there. Yep. Same thing happened at Michter's today when we, yeah. so we saw that come out and I saw those sitting at the, the counter and I'm like, wait. And then I looked behind the counter. There was a box that said master's keep on it. And I'm like, they've got master's keep here. And uh, he's like, nah. And so we both look and, and I said, do you guys have the master's keep here? Right. And he's like, yep. And I said, I'll take one. <laughs> and then I bought cool. his too, because he, I he didn't I get one. I couldn't pull the trigger on it. I don't know why, but. Well, you got to enjoy it yesterday. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. We you just couldn't pull the trigger on it. So I yeah, got his. I don't, I don't know why. We got Brett one as a gift for not being able to make it here. Well, so yeah. I, I think I regretted it as I was telling dude. Because you ended up getting mine. a pour of it at the bar there. Yeah. Yeah. And then while he's drinking, he's like. <sighs> <laughs> Because I've I've never had any of their Masters Keep. I've never had the Diamond, um, which I believe is part the of decades, the Masters Keep. Decades, the decades. And, but there is the Diamond. That yeah. was before, uh, kind of before God Masters, Masters Keep. Keep. Okay, yeah. um, but I've never had any of that. And honestly, um, I've had the the bottled and bond. Uh, I had a sample that Tom McCash gave, and me. I have my first bottle of Russell's Reserve. Like I just haven't owned a lot of, or I haven't bought a lot of Wild Turkey products. So I love their stuff. Um, what was the green box that they did for the Masters Keep? Man, I have to think now. I'm trying to remember. Was that was that not the Bottled and Bond? Um, no, it was a rye. It was. Oh, a, it was yeah. a rye. Yeah. 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 Well, and so that's I'm kicking myself because that's the one that we let go. Me, me oh, and my buddy when you're, got when into you got that yeah. uh, collection. Yeah, when we bought that collection lot from his boss, but yeah, so I was disappointed about that one because yeah. uh, I knew it was a rye and. Then I didn't, you know, think anything about it. I'm like, yeah, we'll let it go. I left, a, <laughs> I left a decades over at Jim's house um, one night, and I got really worried. I was like, he's going to drink this whole bottle. <laughs> um, and so I texted him and said, hey, I left a bottle over there just to remind him. And I was like, man, I just know he's going to drink that whole bottle. See, mind you, if mind he you, done we that, were... I would have sent a picture back with like. <laughs> so here's here's the other thing too. Um, Wait, let, we let's, were let's tell the story, this. but let's say this. We've been talking way too much. <laughs> we were an hour into so our <laughs> we're, we were an hour into our trip, and we had just bought Bland's. We had just bought yeah. We, uh, we lucked out. We had some good luck. When Bland's we was at you know it was our first stop as Buffalo Trace at yeah. Bland's. We got that. Then we went to Woodford, and they had their five malted um, whiskey. Um, five five malt stouted whiskey. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that was one hundred and forty mm. bucks, one hundred and thirty bucks. So it was. I think I think you know you guys a little bit more, but I mean you guys were probably at that point three hundred four hundred dollars before we even wow, got to six hundred dollars a wild turkey alone. Yeah, yeah so I spent a lot of money this weekend, uh, and I was like, let's get some spice to it. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, it does all for of, sure. Yeah. All over the rim of my tongue. Doesn't help that my lips have dried out through the weekend from all the drinking. Say, yeah. What's the uh, proof on this? Do you know? Um, he didn't give us that, did he? No. I can, go, go, I can go find out. Yeah, that might make sense. But this is, I mean. See if you can get a, uh, the bottle so we can at least get a picture with him too. And then look at the bottles. Talk this about has it. a ton of spice in it. Yeah, it does. And it's a, it's like a, I mean, it's 
it's not like ethanol. It's uh, but this doesn't this doesn't taste like a traditional double. To me, what you think of like a yeah, Woodford a, double oak or yeah, something? Yeah, it doesn't like have that. a ton of um, that sweetness carrot yeah. like that. Uh, almost like the uh, campfire type uh, s'mores type. Yep. Yeah, no, I get you on that. This is definitely uh, almost like a an oaky spice, like a yeah. And you expect that out. It's double oaked, right? So yeah. you get more barrel spice with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, and I wonder what char was on that second right. barrel, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm wondering too. <clears throat> and I, I kind of wonder what distillery it's out of. If it is out of MGP, where do they source it from? Um, so do you know a lot about Nulu? The, the I know a little bit about it, but I knew they are sourcing right now. But I do know they're laying down barrels. Now, do they source from a whole bunch of different places or wherever they can get them right now? Or are they? I'm not positive. Uh, I got offered to, for them to come on the podcast, and uh, you know, I think they're going to be guests coming soon. They going to be on one of the craft distillery ones, or is that going no? To be it says MG, uh, the toasted after handcraft. These these are MGP right here. Um, one to four weeks. They were toasted. Well, so the double oaked, um, this is a 118 proof, so 59%. Um, Three-month finish in the uh, in the barrel, the secondary barrel. Um, and it says barrel B226. So, um, yeah, this limited release was created to offer a sweet and spicy bourbon that lingers on the palate, and that's basically what we're getting. Um, and it doesn't say what distillery came from? Um, yours says MGP, right? This it, one does. This was distilled by MGP of Indiana, yeah, okay. right there. Um. Yep. So bottled by PCS. And what's the proof on that one? Uh, this one's one eighteen. Okay, and this is one twenty one. This has got that sweet baking spice going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yep. it is like it's like an allspice. Yep, yep. It's good. I like it though. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, and it, and it does. It, it it comes right at you. It smacks you right in the face. Yep. It's a good spiciness. Um, I, it kind of lingers on the tongue too. It doesn't just go right away either. I'm getting a little bit of a. Atomic fireball with this. Atomic fireball. You ever like had that. one of those? It's oh, like yeah. Break your damn teeth. Um, but That's what I'm talking about. Right or, there. Uh, what's those? Uh, hot tamales. Hot, hot tamales. Tamale yeah. 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 I actually was just eating those uh, for the last month to get back from COVID. Really? I never lost my taste, but I lost my smell. And so my, my uh, taste was all muted. And so... I had read you uh, drink like or uh, eat hot tamales. That'll help kind of kickstart some things and almost like some extreme type of flavors. So I was eating spicy food, eating hot tamales. I was uh, smelling apple cider vinegar to get my nose back. And it's such a strong, pungent, you know, smell that I would get that. And I would smell that even though I couldn't smell anything else. And then over time, I didn't have to hold my nose into the bottle. I could hold it here and still smell it. And then over... So it really did seem to work. I don't know how much it sped the process up, but I've mm-hmm. heard of people. We have a friend at the gym who has gone over a year now since Thanksgiving last year of no taste and smell. Wow. Still hasn't gotten it back. I would just be eating the hell out of uh, all kinds of spicy food and stuff. I didn't right. have no taste. I'd be like, let's, yeah, let's to, let her really yeah, yeah. I would. I would be just, I would be like, okay, now I can eat my uh, grilled chicken and rice and veggies and not worry about <laughs> what you're eating. Just eat the healthy stuff. <laughs> is, yeah, that, yeah. is that what you eat? No, 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 I'm saying. Is that's that what, what you I, eat too? No, I, I watch my macros, but I don't eat like that. I no, that's it. what I'm saying. Like, if I couldn't taste anything, I'm like, well, I guess I'll just eat healthy because I can't taste it. <laughs> I mean, it kind of removes the whole enjoyment of eating. Well, yeah. I guess that would be truthful right there. We got a guy who works with me. He's uh, in the bodybuilding, and that's seven or eight meals a day. That's all he eats is chicken, rice, and broccoli. Yeah. 
chicken, rice, and broccoli cheese. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If I couldn't taste, I, mean, if food's I would. If not that like, important mm. to you, then I guess I get it. But I love food way too much. Like yeah. most people eat to work out, like to power their body and to whatever. I work out to eat. Okay. I'm the opposite because I love food so much that I'll I'll work out so hard so I can eat hard that day. I I drink to eat. <laughs> well we do that too i guess we do that too he i don't understand it he, i mean he is in the bodybuilding and i get that part but i was like you you're only five foot like two you're never gonna get any taller um, so, so you you're not gonna the grow you, eating this well i should have never told affect the things you can then i guess right so you yeah well to play your off body. of your your nostalgic right taste profiles that you keep coming back to the the uh, Lifesaver mint, the peppermint ones, when you'd like crush into one oh, as soon as you, you like pop it on the wrapper it. and then it would like, you would get that like snap of flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, as soon as it hit and as soon as you said atomic, those atomic bombs, could, that's what it reminded me of. I could of. actually get that on there that you're right whenever you do first stick one. If you, you know, you most people, it, most people different. can't sit there and just suck on it the whole time. Right. Yeah. Like crack on that sucker and it just bam, it. It, it almost like numbs your tongue for a second yeah. when you bite yeah. into them. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good, I, I like both of those actually. Yeah. That's a pretty damn good bourbon. 77 yeah. bucks here in the store right. for, yeah. A, yeah. for a single barrel. You know, you're not going wrong there. No. Yeah. Well, and it's a, it's a single barrel, but it's also a double oaked, which is kind of a, you know, a specialty. Right. So it's, it's got a little bit of a, a finished aspect to it, which a lot of times you're going to pay more for as well. Well, you're going to have those naysayers out there, right? They're right. like, well, I could go to Woodford and get one for $45.95. This is, this is not a Woodford. Uh, first off, that's 90. 90.3, 90.4 yeah. Uh, yeah. proof. This is not that. This oh, is no. not your mama's bourbon. No, no. it is not. You're, and you're not going to get that same spice flavor yeah, profile. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the Woodford okay. double oaked, but yeah, to I me, it's it. more like chocolatey, that more like muted that, flavor. Like we were I talking mean, that campfire when you yeah, were getting the yeah. bottles. It's like that campfire marshmallowy kind of flavor, mm-hmm. and it's more like a dessert. This doesn't come off like a dessert bourbon at all. So I, I know, you know, especially brands like, you know, they're putting it on the label now. Um, to say, hey, that. it's MGP. I love that transparency. Yeah. Yeah. But like, t- I think it used to be like a, a sore eye in the past. Oh, it but did. Like, Five years ago, yeah. no one wanted to let you know they were sourcing their bourbon. Well, like but now you, it's a thing. Now it's, you let me know that you got some, badge of honor you got some MGP on there. I'm going to know it's, it's probably some damn good bourbon. Yeah. So MGP, well, they don't do it anymore. They stopped contract distilling, from my understanding. There's altogether. some people grandfathered grandfathered in because yeah, we just yeah. had Alice oh, yeah, Castle yeah, from right. uh, from Castle Key. old no, 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 old Dominic, <laughs> old Dominic. Yeah, she's the master distiller down there. Which you know we're talking about wild turkey. Maybe some of that wild turkey that you guys drank was actually distilled by her because she was the distillery supervisor there at Wild Turkey. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then old Dominic you know, starts up and hires her away from Wild Turkey. Um, you know, she, she her whiskey she has down there, she contract distilled at MGP. And maybe it's just the air there right on the Hoaha River. I don't know if you've ever seen where MGP's at, but I, I mean, I've it, driven by it you could throw a stone from MGP and hit the Ohio River. Yeah, so when we drove, yeah. when we were coming you back to the hotel, you can see right over the, yeah, yeah. yeah. at least, yeah. Yep. And then uh, I went to Starlight, did a barrel pick there with bourbon enthusiasts, and uh, we drove past it on the way there too. And and that was that was fun too. Like they're doing some cool stuff as well. I don't know if you've had the Starlight stuff, but I have. I've had. We went over to Starlight with our wives just on a wine day, 
And, you know, you go out for a winery day. We turned it into a bourbon day. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. They, when, they, when we started doing the barrel pick, they pretty much stopped everything they were doing and all came out and joined us to thieve out of the barrels. We probably went, this was the first thing of the day. We probably went through 20 barrels and no one was spitting. It was all, you know, we were pouring some into the drains like after, you know, having a couple, like we, we were like, this is going to go south real fast. Christian so, was up in the rickhouse like yeah. just pulling yep. stuff from different barrels for us. And mm-hmm. we weren't the only people there. At first, me and Jim just started walking around by ourselves and we're like peeking in warehouses and stuff. I'm like, well, what's in there? And there was a private wine tour going on that day, and they were they had aged some wine in bourbon barrels. So me and Jim Jim are kind of geeking out because it's like, man, look, there's a Pappy barrel right there. There's a Weller barrel right there. There's a Blanton's barrel. And uh, the lady she she was like, hey, you guys got to get out of here. You're not part of the <laughs> tour. You're not part of this wine group. They paid for this, and we we're like, okay, whatever. So we went back. Christian saw us and said, hey, you're those two dudes. And we're like, yeah. So we start talking, and uh, his dad grabbed us and took us back there and cut right in front of all those wine enthusiasts <laughs> and start <laughs> pulling wine from those. Because I was like, I want to try that. And he's like, all right, let's do it. And the look on her face of horror that the <laughs> owner just cut her completely off and said, hey, hold up a minute. We're going to um, let these guys, let these guys try anything. And they have these little bitty sample cups they're trying out, and we have these big cups like this big. He's just taking the whole thief and just filling it up. That girl's probably like, I quit. We, <laughs> I quit. We were getting the pours when we did ours. We were getting the pours we were doing last night for the for the wild turkey yeah. uh, that we drank. So we were pouring like half of a glint uh, of a Kinsey drink full of uh, of the bourbon. So because we knew we were getting through the bottle, so we weren't wasting time like with small pours. And that's what they were filling us up with out of the thief. I mean, oh, it was geez. it was crazy. Were you like, what, what am I going to do with this? Yeah, I mean, for the you felt like because at the beginning we felt obligated to finish it, you know, because we're like, I don't want to pour their bourbon out, you know. So, but then they started joining us and started drinking, and they'd have a sip or two, and then they poured in the in the uh, drain that was on the floor. And I was like, oh, okay, good, because otherwise I am <laughs> I'm going to be, be rolled out of here. Yeah, you yeah. definitely oh, don't. You don't want to we offend drunk. anybody like that, right? You right. want to try to drink yeah, your drink exactly. and stuff. And I know Jackie's I can from Old Forester. We did an episode with her, and she comes out. Of, she's like, I got something special in my office for you guys. And she comes out with a rock glass full of birthday bourbon. She was <sighs> like, she's like, Mike, I heard you can drink. And she <laughs> brings out this glass, and I was like, I'm on, I'll try. I'll try really hard. <laughs> yeah, we did the 117 series with her, the warehouse, uh, was it K or H? Oh, was it? That's a good, The second release yeah, of it, yeah. Super, so we did that with her. Super good. But <clears throat> she, uh, we had to do it remote, so they sent us a sample. But uh, but no, she was really she was really fun to have on the on the episode. You weren't able to be on that one. Now, you guys went to Jephthah Creed today, right? Yeah. yeah. We yeah. Did the, how, how was that? Yeah. It's different because it's that, you know, um, what are the blood butcher corn? Um, Very cool experience. And the, the barrel we thieved from had just turned four years in October. So you could tell it's probably going to do a little better as it gets a little older. It wasn't bad. I don't think it, it is just the didn't jump out yet. bloody butcher corn for us because we reviewed their, their bottled bond. Um, and we try to say this all the time when we're reviewing a whiskey. We want everybody to have an open mind, right? Mm-hmm. And what you got to remember about that whiskey is that it has a malted rye. Malted yeah. rye. Yeah. And I think and I think that, that might have been something to we somebody. Used to. Yeah. But you got to kind of say, okay, I'm going to drink something. It's like if you've never drank scotch before, 
you better have an open mind, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, real you got to remember it's not bourbon. <laughs> or American single malt that people are coming out lately. <laughs> Some people don't like it. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. But if you have that open mind and say, man, I'm going to try this this new single malt. There's a Westward Whiskey out in Oregon. I tried. I went in there with an open mind. Same. And they let us try every bit of the beer that they were already making. And the beer they're making in the whiskey, yeah. right? And so me and my little brother were like, he went there with me and... We're like, why aren't you just bottling this as beer? And he was like, you'll find out once we start uh, tasting the whiskey. And then we taste the whiskey, and I was just like, bam, this is magical right here. Yeah. I'm a bourbon guy. Didn't know that I really would like a single malt like that, American yeah. single malt, and I was just amazed at it. I've had a couple single malts that where, I do Where was like, the but, Oregon yeah. one that we we had on? Oh, those guys that were on the show with us? Uh, that was uh, Eastside. Eastside, yeah. Eastside. Um, their yeah. their Burnside um, bourbon was really really good. Yeah. Um, That's that, like their special release, right? Yeah, yeah. that was their that was their uh, regular. They had a uh, I think a weeded whiskey, a regular single malt, and then they had a bourbon. And um, th- yeah, so we had them on. They were they sent us full bottles of everything actually, yeah. and. Um, so that was a fun episode. We we talked with them for a little bit, and just their story was really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, just oh yeah, I remember choosing the location one. and stuff. Yeah. That was that was a. Did, did you drink some shine from Jeff the Creed? No, mm-hmm. um, they no. didn't. They didn't give us that. They gave us some vodka. They gave us some. Um, what was it? The was it the bottled and bond they gave us? No, it was just their just their, their flagship. oh their high rye flagship. Yeah, their four grain um, high rye. Uh, yep. Yeah, bourbon. yeah, four grain bourbon. That's yeah. what it was. And then we then we drank from the barrel, and and I didn't dislike it. It wasn't bad, but it it didn't really jump out to me yet. I feel like it, you know, give it another couple of years, maybe like six years or something like that. Maybe it's going to start doing something. It could it, it could be that you know it, each barrel is going to be different, and you know I just think people will have to you have to have an open mind and yeah. stuff. Um, I'll tell you what's really good from there is uh, they have a jalapeno. I hate to say this. That's what they bourbon, were talking about. The jalapeno vodka. Podcast, but they have a jalapeno vodka that you can put in a, a Bloody Mary. Damn. That's magic. Well, he, he got uh, the blueberry vodka because your yeah, wife likes that, Yeah, my wife loves right? the blueberry vodka. Yeah, because we went down. So I went with him last year um, to, on this trip for the first time. Um, but I was just down last February, right before everything shut down. Um, and my wife came with us because it was like six couples that came down. And we used mint jewel up to take us around. And Jephthah was one of the ones that we did. And it was like February. So it was freezing. So we get there at like 9 a.m. And we're, you know, we're knocking on the door trying to get them to let us in because they weren't open yet. But mint julep has a special relationship, I guess, with them. Like early access or whatever, yeah. Yeah. So we get there and the guy's like, well, we're going to jump in the um, the truck and, and run you out to the Rick house. I'm like, we t- I thought we were just taking, you know, some straight from the barrel or something like, okay, I guess it makes sense. We got to go to the barrel to get the, the bourbon out of there. So we go out there and you open it up and it looked like a scene of like Game of Thrones. They had these huge blankets out there with all furry, all these leather chairs and stuff. It was an awesome experience. I can't remember the guy's name now. Um, I don't think he's there anymore. The older, older gentleman, he almost wore like a um, crocodile Dundee hat. <laughs> you remember those hats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, do you know who I'm talking about? The guy? He, I've spent he plenty of time there, too. Okay. He So this was February 2020, um, and he walked us through, you know, the thieving, the whole story. So I just, I love the story about the family and how oh, they yeah. started the uh, distillery, too, which is great. And I, I mean, I enjoy their bourbon. 
Um, I think to dude's point, once it starts to mature a little bit more and as they continue to figure, cause they're still, they're still a young distillery. So yeah. once they continue to figure some things out, I think they're going to be great. Well, and I'll tell you what, no, no matter whether you like or don't like their bourbon and I didn't dislike it, it just didn't pop for me, Yeah. but the experience was amazing. Yeah. The, the distillery was really nice and it, you could tell, and I've heard you guys talk about like, <clears throat> what do they do like a Saturday or Friday get togethers or they something? Do a Friday night and a Saturday night and just... Just kind of a throwdown. They have music artists out there. They'll have food trucks come in. They actually got a kitchen there. Um, it is a great experience. You won't find a better family out there and stuff. I say people just give them a chance. Yeah. Let yeah. them grow up. Um, I, I've always said that. You know, when Jim Beam started making whiskey, right, I bet it wasn't the best whiskey in the world. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. well, I'm, right. I'm sure you wanted to start drinking it as soon as you could. <clears throat> yeah. Right. And you want to start getting something out there. And Well, and look what look what the flagship was to get Jim Beam where they are. And, you know, I if I'm going to go pick something off the shelf, it's not going to be Jim Beam, right? So yeah. a ton of their other expressions that they came out with now are some of my favorites, too. So I think, again, to, to your point, as Jephthah continues to... So would Old Tub be that original <clears throat> flagship? Is that the... Same Who thing is, I said, would old tub be that original? <laughs> Same thing as like, I mean, uh, honestly, like wild turkey. Like, I mean, no, no one drank what you know. Well, wild I mean, turkey. I don't know if they retooled like, or what, but like, it's it is yeah. like wild turkey one hundred and one rare breed. Like, there's, I mean, honestly, for the price, holy cow, yeah, yeah. There's not much better out there. You yeah. mix, you miss, uh, you mixed wild turkey with you know coke when you're in college to get drunk. <laughs> yeah. Well, you people did. still do that. Yeah, <laughs> Jack, Jim, and they, they don't care how you yeah. how you drink drink it, right? They just right. care that you make it. But it shows that those distilleries started somewhere, right? These younger distilleries. To my point about Dave Pickerel, the, these distilleries are growing up right in front of us. We're yeah. getting to see something from the seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, right in front of our eyes today. Wilderness Trail, yeah. Yeah. their stuff is just uh, they they just got to amazing dudes there that really put a lot of heart and uh, soul into their whiskey. And well, and they had a lot of background with helping other distilleries, right? Yeah. So so I think they were able to probably hit stride a little quicker than I think a a traditional startup like craft distillery would because they they were able to consult with a ton of other places first, right? Well, you have all that. You're in a distillery every day with them to trying to figure out what's wrong with that whiskey yeah they got that science background um they they really do know what's going on with yeah. whiskey and stuff and um i've heard some stories of those guys just they're, they're funny as hell but um <laughs> they did know what not to do is what it is sure yeah. that's what i mean like they they could probably skip you know a lot of mistakes and yeah. and kind of come out a little ahead of the curve just right out of the gates yeah but it's like these new loot guys. I mean, even though they're sourcing it, right. Uh, you still got to go in there and figure out what barrels to pick out. Yeah. Right. And, um, I was going to say like smoke wagon. I don't know if you, um, follow those guys. We, we do. They, yeah. they haven't graced our show yet. Oh, no, they haven't. They're he, <laughs> kind of dodgy. <laughs> we got so if he's li- <laughs> If he's listening, uh, Aaron. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, no, he jumped on ours and he was great actually. So he was, uh, he's a character, man. Yeah, he is. Tell you what, I he, love following him on Instagram. On Instagram, too. his videos are hilarious. I just and and the reason I brought that up is the the barrels that he's going in there and picking, right? It, you know, yeah, he's sourcing his stuff still, yep. right? From MGP, 
but him to be able to do that. And then the transparency that he gives everyone is amazing. Yeah, I mean, from Instagram his blends. And, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's posting what he's doing with his blends to get, okay, I'm going to add a little bit of more of this six year, or this four year to get to the point where, okay, now I'm putting out this uncut unfiltered and they've just grown immensely. Well, and that's part of the problem I think is we got them before they really exploded. And I bet you he's just inundated right now. I, I, can't, I can't imagine he's not just slammed. Yeah. Do you guys find it hard to, to find guests for the podcast when you want to have guests on? Um, it goes in spurts. It's actually kind of crazy. And I think, <clears throat> honestly, COVID, I think, really helped. Yeah. Because I think a lot of these places, when they knew they couldn't accept guests, were trying to get in front of people as much as they could. Yeah. So I think we benefited of being new right when COVID started and people were just open to being on our show. And right. somehow we got hooked up with some sort of marketing lady and she reaches out to me all the time and asks if we want to have someone on the show. That's how we got Buzzards Roost. That's how we got um, uh, Eastside. That's how we got uh, Woodenville, actually. That's how we yeah. got Woodenville. Um, and then, you know, uh, Greg Metz, we reached out to him. He jumped on for an episode. And it, so to be honest, I think we just kind of benefited from being new right before COVID and then all of these, I think, I don't know if you saw that too, but didn't, during COVID, I felt like they were all willing to be on podcasts. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think they, they're willing to be on a uh, virtual stream podcast. Yeah. Um, the in-person thing like we like to do, I don't think most podcasters would say, I like to be in person, right? Yeah. Because you get to see the sense of what yeah. that person's thinking. You right. can dive in a little bit. Right. Um, I think they, they like to do that, but I also think that the distilleries are starting to learn that podcasters are truly media, and there's a great marketing tool there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Where am I? I hate to say this because I got some great friends that are writers and magazines and newspapers, but that industry is dying. Like bloggers, uh, yeah, it's, it's almost yeah. like radio to television, you know. And we're going back to almost like on-demand radio again. You know, where you can take it and consume it in your car. Everyone's on the yeah. go now in an airplane, whatever. You can just listen to it. It can be background noise and you can listen to it whenever you want. You well, don't have to tune see, in at the a more people time. that work at home as well as they're doing their stuff, they're not in an office, yeah. you know, having to be quiet. They can just flip a yeah. podcast on in the background as they do the and work. I, th- I think it's just that on demand mentality now where it's YouTube. You can watch it whenever you want. It's podcast. You can listen to it whenever you want. You can download them and, and listen to them when you're offline in a plane, in a car, whatever. And I think that on-demand mentality, and I work in a video streaming technology, or at least I used to up until February, and that was huge. I mean, and they were attracting new hires by telling them how well they worked with video yeah. inside of their company. That's I mean, And there's also something to be said about reading versus listening. Like, there's a lot of people switching audio from... Books. Yeah, yeah, audiobooks. Right. That's um, a good point, too. Because well, I think what... I think what you're saying though is the the traditional media model kind of got caught with their pants down, right? When when podcasting started coming out, anybody, I mean, still today, anybody can start yeah. podcasts yeah. and start streaming whenever they want, right? And I think that was kind of like a revolution in itself because now you're having all of these big brands say, okay, how how did we miss this? How do we get into this? And they're they're scrambling to to get a piece of that or change their business model. Um, and they're kind of dying off with when it comes to some of that stuff. Well, the other thing is, is that people that how they consume their their media, their social media and stuff, how they consume it. Um, would they rather read it in a magazine and a paid subscription, and that distillery had to pay 
that newspaper, that magazine to be in there. Right. Or will they really get on a podcast and say, hey, come on your podcast and there's something I'll authentic throw you a about it. Bottle versus... of whiskey, you're going to taste it. Tell me what you think. Right. <laughs> Either it's not for you, or it is for you, and it's authentic as you could possibly yeah. get. There's nothing more pure than that stuff, sure. especially with I think with bourbon podcasters or whiskey podcasters. Um, we come from all walks of life, um, but we love our craft. We're that one percenter of whiskey drinkers, right? We got to be a podcaster for a reason. I was just sitting in a bar one day, and Jim, my co-host, was like, "Hey, man, you ever heard of a podcast before?" <laughs> I was like, yeah. "No, I don't listen to podcasts." <laughs> well, because he had who was the guy before you, um, Randy, Randy, yeah, yeah and he Rand- moved to Virginia or something like that, yeah. right? And it just it kind of fell on my lap, and um, now I I love doing it and stuff. I'd love. You know why you love it? Same reason we love it. It's an excuse for us to get together and share some bourbon or whiskey or whatever and sit and talk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if if we didn't do this, would we get together Mm -hmm. just once a week and sit around and talk? No. And it it, very rarely does it feel like a like a hassle of like, Hey, we have to get this in. I'm like, like, it's just, no, I mean, I do have those where I'm like, well, shoot, we don't have anything in the hopper. But, like, at the same time, it's yeah. I look forward to it every time because I'm like, oh, I get to hang out with Brett yeah. and Tyler and, and sometimes Jeff. As long as, <laughs> as soon as the headphones go on and the mics come on and you start drinking a whiskey and tasting and talking about it, you're like, this is pretty damn fun right here. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it, it is fun for me whenever the FedEx or the UPS truck shows up <laughs> and says, the guy's like, hey, uh, Another bourbon? I, I think there's whiskey in here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what gave it to you? Well, it's from Jim Beam. And I was like, yeah, that's whiskey. <laughs> well, we, uh, we're we not technically allowed to receive that stuff in Ohio, but some of the places send it anyway. And uh, the FedEx people don't care. They're just come up like, oh, it looks like you have another bourbon. Like, and I'm just yeah. like, same, yeah. same. <laughs> Well, I think it's different if they send it as a gift versus a sale too, right? I, I don't know. As long yeah. as it's not for sale on it. I would think. I have no idea. I have no idea. I just thought you weren't allowed to ship it at all. I I have no idea. This is killing me not drinking All right, yeah, let's get into this one. I've been holding it for probably 10 minutes now. So this is the toasted. Super sweet, but I I still get like a, um, uh, a, not a red wine, but like a darker fruit on the nose. While you guys are thinking about that. Yeah. So this is like a, this is Nulu as well. Um, this one's 121 proof, so we're jumping up a little bit in proof. Uh, that was by accident that we did that, but uh, 60.5%. Uh, it says it's five years old. Blueberry cream cheese or blueberry cheesecake. Are you, are you trying to impress? No, no, I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to think of something now. That <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, he's, make, he's making me think. <laughs> you created a monster. Yeah, That's blueberry what's cheesecake. He's he's making me think, dude. No. When's uh, the last time you ate some? Well, blueberry? he had blueberry freaking yogurt this morning. So I did. No it's, blueberry cheesecake. So that is my, my absolute sis, favorite. My sister just made it for Thanksgiving. I love blueberry cheesecake for Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's an odd oh, time for it, but whatever. Pumpkin pie. Yeah, I'm pie. never going to turn down blueberry Pecan cheesecake. Pie. To be honest, I think blueberry cheesecake. Blueberry is more cobbler. My desserts. I'm like I'm like. Uh, <laughs> What's his name from Forrest Gump? I get uh, blueberry cobbler, blueberry pie, blueberry cheesecake. I just keep. <laughs> I just eat it all. Shrimp scampi, I shrimp. Bob. I thought you said blueberry. At first, you said cream cheese, and I was like, yeah, I put that on bagels, but. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not getting creaminess in this right I, here. I did say that at first, but I meant blueberry cream you cheese. You ever had a. This might be old school. Maybe dudes only one that will know what I'm talking about. It's sliced these, these apples, and they're spiced apples. Yeah. yeah. Rings. Yeah. It yeah. Comes in like a. 
they're not pickled, but they are, uh, I don't know, spiced apple rings, I guess. That's, I'm getting that spiced apple ring in this. What are those? Um, I know what you're talking about. I know about. what you're talking about, too. But I, I, I think it's just spiced apple rings. I don't know. I'm going to dive My into wife was looking at me like, you're crazy. That's her job. She's supposed to look at you like that. Hey, uh, Jeff, can you hand the water around? Yep. Need to top my water off. It's got a little bit of that campfire smokiness. Yep. Uh, kind of what, what think, I think. S'mores. Yeah. I'm not getting that graham cracker from it, mm-hmm. but I am getting that that toasty. Had a nice little hug at the end too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It did. That's it. a long. That's finish. probably that might even be the 121 proof, but it didn't. It didn't. I didn't dislike it. It's kind of a. This is more of a chewy uh, whiskey to me. You know, so viscous that it is kind of chewy. Yeah, um, stays on the tongue. On the yeah. tongue it takes a while to hit me too. Like yeah. that first drink, it was like a slow launch, and then everything this is going to be one popping. that I have to go back to the water midway through. And I think on this right here is that whenever you do do that toasted barrel, that maturation, those it seems like it pulls out more sugar. That sugar's not burnt off. Yeah, you know when they do a number four char. Does so much sugar get burnt off that it doesn't give that sugar residue? Where I notice on the toasted barrels, you get more sugars in there. Yeah. Mm. Not that I'm a bourbon guy or nothing. I'm just a <laughs> bourbon bullshitter, right? Bourbon bullshitter. <laughs> I love seeing that shirt. Mm-hmm. That's funny. You're wearing yours, aren't you? No, I'm wearing this, but I'm so the, the bourbon no, bullshitter. The bourbon oh. bullshitter shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is good. I, I get a little bit of the oak on the back of the tongue. Um, I get the sweetness on the front. Yeah. Um, what is You're that right. sweetness on the front? Though? I, I like, think it is almost like a, a burnt, uh, like brown sugar, like a caramelized brown sugar or something like that. Yeah. Um, I for say, me, anyway. I say creme brulee too much, though. Oh, that creme brulee, yeah. That's, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. That's a better description of than what I said. I think whenever you go up to like Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop or something like that, or even a country fair, and I always say this about toasted, if you ever got kettle corn, kettle corn and that, I don't even know what the hell they put on kettle corn to make it taste like that. Um, but that that syrup they put on there, they're cooking, and you smell it kind of burning a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm getting on this. Yeah, I, so far I, I like both of these. To be honest, yeah, and I like the, them a lot. A lot of that kettle corn is almost like a sweet, sticky caramel yeah. or yeah. something. Yeah, that does kind of remind me of this. Um, That's yeah, good. They're they're both really good for different reasons. This one, you're right, a little bit more spicy. Um, this one has some spice on the back end a little bit, but it's. I think it might even just be the ethanol. I'm not sure. Uh, but I love the sweetness up front, and I love how it kind of finishes. as a. It's a long finish for me, but I like it a lot. I like oh, both yeah, of these. It's, it's real long. For, I mean, I'm still sitting here. Chewy bourbon, right? I'm yeah, still sitting yeah. here slapping my, <laughs> slap my tongue on it. I've seen people beat Nulu up before, um, but I've got some pretty kick-ass bottles. I got a, one with a some guys out of Nashville, they're a bourbon pickers and they got one with a hologram of uh, Muhammad Ali on the back of it with a, uh, with cool. the Louisville skyline and it's pretty magical bourbon. I actually bought two of them and I gave it one, one, one away for a charity and it was like, nobody wanted it. And I was like, I think a lot of times they try to stay away from stuff. They're not, they've never had before. Yeah. I was like, you really want this bottle. <laughs> you really, really yeah. want this bottle. And, uh, they were just like, I really don't know what it is. And I was like, just try it. If anything, is a collector's item because of that. Just even the hologram. The hologram yeah. on their stuff. And 
Um, I think Nulu's doing some great stuff by sourcing this, and I'm, I can't yeah. wait to see what they're doing. They actually got a guy that uses their shop also. It's called Third Generation Shiners uh, that's making some apple pie moonshine. No, okay. Uh, that, that'll get you in trouble at a football game. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I think it was... It's either sixty or eighty proof. It's like the highest one of the highest like apple pie moonshines I'd seen, mm-hmm. um, which which I liked. I was like, this is pretty damn awesome. Yeah, I know, so I at my gym. I I don't know. If, well, I'm not going to say names, but one of the people that I used to, she got me into CrossFit. Actually, uh, she was a uh, spin teacher at the Y, and I would go to the Y and do all the machines and some free weights and stuff. And then every couple, you know, like once or twice a week, I would take her spin classes just to get a little more cardio. And uh, she was like, oh, you know what? You should go with us, do some CrossFit. Anyway, she, um, they would do moonshine. And uh, I don't know who they bought it from, but they would always do that apple cinnamon pie type uh, moonshine. And it would come with like the little cinnamon stick on the inside of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and they would just bring it up whenever they... So they would go down to Tennessee. They have a, um, a lake house in Tennessee. And uh, when they would come back, they would have loads of this stuff. Probably bootlegging i guess technically but <laughs> they bring it up for everybody we've actually had a couple of moonshiners on our show and yeah you guys had the guy uh what's his name we from, had tim uh, smith tim, from discovery yeah. channel moonshiners and mm-hmm. i don't know he he was kind of i wouldn't call him brash but you know what he's been he's become a celebrity now for 12 years probably yeah, right yeah, yeah you also had the one that you had to climb up into the mountains to go or whatever yeah. right or something like that. that's donnie and Teresa. they're called the babyville hillbillies and they just uh and that seemed like a fun episode it, it was amazing. You couldn't get better hospitality out of anybody. They brought us in. Uh, he was as real as it could, could be. He said why he's not on Moonshiners anymore. And, yeah. Uh, he kind of put some myths down about Moonshine. And, you know, everybody thinks Moonshine is going to be 160 like proof. Crazy and, proof, yeah. But he's like, nobody wants to sell that kind of stuff. Everybody yeah. proofs it down to 100 proof, and that's where you can drink it of. He's like, otherwise... Somebody's going to fall off this mountain up here. <laughs> um, he's like, we don't do that. And they were just as real as could be. Tim Smith, you know, he he has marketed himself and yeah. uh, he's made himself into a celebrity and a hey, good on him. But he told the Weeded King of Kentucky, this is going to be the best weeded bourbon you're ever going to taste. And I was like, man, are you sure you want to say that? Yeah. You don't want to say that, do you? I mean, that's. That's a pretty big claim. That's a big yeah. claim, especially the self-proclaimed Weeded King of Kentucky that loves weeded bourbon. Yeah. And as soon as I tasted it, I was like, no, <laughs> not even close. Yeah. Sit on a throne. And line. wasn't he, <laughs> you sit on a throne. <laughs> so uh, it was, wasn't he doing some like uh, accelerated type, like chips and stuff or something to try to get it to mature or something like he that? He did, too? and they did that on the show, and yeah. I think they kind of stuck to that, yeah. but is that it's a, it's a little gimmicky but i think yeah. whatever is there still a large desire for moonshine i think it depends on where you are so everybody's gonna want something that you can't get right yeah uh, that's yeah. just that's just life is, that's why people come in here into justin's house of bourbon and buy rare bourbons because they want something they can't yeah. get yeah. so to me that's what moonshine is or if you're in a dry county which there are several dry counties. You go to Virginia, you go to um, West Virginia, Kentucky. I wouldn't say there's so many dry counties here, but the nearest liquor store is 100 miles, and you got your buddy down that's making shine in his barn. Hey, I'm going to save myself from gas. Hell, I'll use some of that stuff for my gas. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But 
I think that's the allure behind it and stuff. Uh, some of those guys are going legal and they're they're making great whiskey. Really, um, they're doing small small batches, and I think it's uh, it's, it's part of American tradition. Sure. Well, yeah. For me, minus the illegal part of it, a lot of those like smaller batch runs like that remind me a lot of uh, what's the distillery that does the beer. It's like Nomad or No Home or something like that. Uh, the beer they always they go around from place to place and distill a beer there, can it, and then leave and go somewhere else. Um, they're like gypsy beer makers, basically. Gypsy beer makers. Yeah, and uh, there I think um, I can't remember what they call it. Like No Home or No. I, I thought you, I thought you know. Yeah, just because no. you're into that scene a little bit. I haven't even heard of that. But so they basically. I um, <laughs> I, I'll look it up and but. Yeah, so basically they they're like gypsy beer makers, and that you know each batch is different, and so people try to collect it when they find out they're going to be selling it somewhere at a restaurant or whatever, they go pick it up because they know that's the only time they're going to get that batch. And yeah, it, and it I, could be a terrible batch, could be a good batch, who knows? But I think New Zealand is. I, I could be wrong on this, and somebody probably send me something and say you're wrong. But I think New Zealand is the only country in the world where you can home distill legally. Oh wow! Um, and I know there's some laws trying to be passed right now or they just got passed where they're trying to make that legal in the United States. Um, huh. Well, I just saw, I forget the name of it. There's a uh, uh, newer, I think, um, brewing company, like brewing supply company that is starting to make like smaller distilling things for your for your home. Like, yeah. But, I mean, you can get, like, a small pot still. And well, it's there's like certain not... things you can distill. Like, I mean, they sell the home brew kits and things yeah. like that. But, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, true distilling, where you're actually running a still itself and, and all that, I yeah, I don't know. That, is that is there anywhere in the U.S. it's legal? I don't think. I think Missouri was the state that was trying to pass it. Yeah. Um, and federally, I you know, Uncle Sam wants their money. Sure, it yeah. all comes down to taxes, right? So, what's the, the process? The difference should be what you're doing with it afterwards. If you're doing it for home consumption or something, I, that shouldn't be a problem. Well, and I think the fear there is people getting sick because you can't get sick from it, right? But, you know but what? I always say the same thing. I make a lot of homemade sausage at our house. Um, you can get really, really sick. Sure. You can get botulism from yeah. from, uh, from making sausage yeah. if you don't know what you're doing. If, right. Uh, my wife makes canned goods all the time and i know she says the same thing hey if i don't do this step for step for step i don't do it a certain way we can get sick from this i mean just in in my hometown this was two or three years ago there was a botulism outbreak out of church because uh, this lady made potato soup and brought it in and she didn't clean her potatoes right that she you know she homegrown her own potatoes in her garden she didn't clean them right when she was making soup and there was this huge outbreak so i mean yeah (laughs) My wife just made potato soup. I'm going to get bought. It it wasn't her. It was not her. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to have that with anything, though. To be honest, this is where my political, this is about the only thing I'll say politically on the podcast is, is I'm fine with people doing their own thing as long as it's not affecting someone else. Like, if you know, obviously, if I'm distilling, I could, and I live in a condo versus a, a house. I could potentially burn down the entire house or the condo. So that could affect other people potentially. But like if I'm, if I burn my own house down that's on me, that shouldn't be the government's concern. I mean, to, to, for the most part, in my opinion, is, is, I don't think that they should be telling me that I can't do something yeah. unless it's for protection of other people. But if they said, 
if you then wanted to give that to other that's people, what I'm that's, saying. A, that's what that's I mean. There should, story, that's yeah. what regulations are for. You can't sell it. You can't give it to other people. If you do, you could be prosecuted or whatever. Yeah. Or you could be tried for, you know, potentially hurting someone. And how, how, how many people out there would, you know, really honestly say, if my home is still for myself? If, right. if the, the process is probably so. I imagine there'd be some people, just like there are home beer makers. I mean, you're you going to get some big old redneck like me that say, like, yeah, I'm going to do it because I can do it. <laughs> you know, I want to try to do it. We've made homemade you telling beer me right now with the way the bourbon boom is going that if, if it was legal to distill, buy a barrel, put it in your basement, distill a batch, fill it up into a barrel, and let it sit for five years that people wouldn't start doing it just to try it. Oh, I think most certainly people you, would. You That's probably what I mean. get those smaller, I mean. smaller barrels. Too. Whatever, but you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. I'm going to be filling up 53 gallon one and put it in and let it roll. What are the, the 30 gallons, the small ones? Well, there's smaller than that, too. Uh, like yeah. The ones we saw at Jeff the Creed, those were little, like probably five gallon. Yeah. yeah. Little five gallon kegs, yeah. 10 gallon. They, you yeah. don't get them any size. And the thing about that is, is you know, you. People really haven't figured out how those little well. You're uh, still you're still trying. You're robbing the air. Work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you're robbing yeah. the well, oxidation. Just, that I mean, but it would be cool to build a little shed out back. You make those barrels and they the, the smaller ones and they're mature in three to five years or whatever. Yeah, but so it, he's he's the guy that's, that's what it. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. someone will do it. That's I mean, what I, we talked about this last time. Just getting some be, like white dog from. Buffalo yeah, Trace or something, throw it in our own barrel and see what happens. Because we get the same weather, well, not the same, but very similar weather changes in Ohio that, you know, is down here. Man, it's cold as hell up there. I was like, <laughs> oh, it's cold as hell to. down here, too. No, no. Gets, I mean, I lived up at near Cincinnati and uh, outside of Cincinnati, and it it got, there's a lot more snow there than than uh, here. We And then we you go to lucky. Toledo, I live there, and it. It's well, snowed there. Well, that's what I was going to say. You get lucky in, in central Ohio and, and the break especially where about I am. Columbus. Yeah. yeah, because the north of downtown Columbus, they could get six inches of snow and I won't see anything. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's literally like the city of Columbus is so weird because the, the weather on each side is just like, it's like 70 splits. Yeah, it. there's like a stripe that goes like across the north of it. North, yeah. yeah, north and south of Columbus, mm-hmm. and and kind of like from northwest to southeast. There's just like the stripe that doesn't get hit with snow most of the year. It's, it's weird. weird. Dude's like, I'm never having you on this and podcast <laughs> again because we we have covered a plethora of topics. This is every that's, episode. That's, yeah. This is every this episode is from weather to home distillery. Yeah. Uh, so, but is it is it hard to apply for uh, distilling license? Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You Absolutely. better just hire yourself some lawyers to figure out the paperwork. The yeah. funny thing is, is I, I think most places require you to have a still to actually get approved. But to buy a still, it's like, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. And so you have to make a huge financial investment. Well, I, I mean, I know a guy that makes some steals for you. And, uh, <laughs> it won't cost you no hundred thousand dollars. Like, so, but if you want to do it as a, as an actual business, I'd say if you wanted to buy a Vendome, right. uh, steal an actual like 500 gallon pot steel and have the, cause it's not just the steel, right? Uh, right. Yeah. It, there's the, a lot you of extra never stuff start to that way. Oh yeah. You, you better, I, mean, I, I would say you're going to start right around the three to $5 million mark. Yeah. So, so, but now, am I wrong in that if you want to apply for a uh, distilling license, that you need to pretty much have some of that stuff already in in uh, progress? Like they don't generally like, give you hey, that without where's the, your still. 
I think you have to. It's almost like a business plan. You yeah, got to show have, that you can right do because some people contract or, or source yeah. and they don't have an actual still, but and they'll still get a DSP. Now, is it the same for doing beer? I don't know because I, 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 I my um, I would think there's some sort of different regulation yeah. for lower proof stuff than high proof stuff. I don't yeah. know. I don't know though. I, I could tell he's asking guys that have been drinking whiskey these right. questions. Not making whiskey. I can already yeah. tell there's not a whole lot of well, intelligence you, out of this big fellow. Right <laughs> yeah, you, you, you guys. I mean, you guys have just been in it long enough that I figured you might know. Well, I've never gotten into that. I mean, you're the bourbon executive stewardess over here. Stewardess. 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 He is a stewardess. Executive bourbon steward. Thank you. Yeah. Does he CrossFit too? No. no, no. <laughs> Come on. I'm getting yeah. worried. Come on. I'm really worried. <laughs> Come on. No, he uh, he's lucky to to work out twice a week, right? Yeah, I know. With a ever since your uh, golf cart golf cart incident. <laughs> oh yeah, that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> so if you li- used to live up in Cincinnati, do you? I'm trying to remember the name of the speakeasy I went to when I'm, uh, a few weeks ago. Um, the guy's name that runs it is Walter. Um, it's in like Eden Park area. No. I can't remember the name of this. It's like we asking do. a guy at Ohio State, hey, do you know, do you know Bill? I just assumed he was going to speakeasies when he was living up there. I don't know we, what we did. When we, went. we went to a winery a lot while we were there. Okay. Because uh, we lived out in Bethel, Ohio, and there was a winery out, out in Bethel, and we'd go there all the time. And I wouldn't say I was – I probably had like 20 or 30 bottles of bourbon at the time on our bar, but I wasn't into bourbon like I am now. And we'd, we'd been at a bunch of distilleries. We'd bring people down to Kentucky and say, oh, you you know, they'd bring them to the trail and stuff. And um, But back then, I would say I was more of a beer guy. Okay. Um, drink a lot of beer. The reason I don't like drinking beer all the time now is because it, I feel like it bloats me. Oh, I'm just yeah, saying. I just, yeah. And I, hey – I'm a king of a beer drinker too. I can count <laughs> some beer drinking. I'm I'm a piss beer guy. I yes. I drink beer on hot days after activity of some sort, and I use it as like hydration. I'll drink after softball, after volleyball, after lawn work, whatever. That's all I have yeah. in my Coors Light, is Bud Bush Light, Light. <laughs> Bush Light, Summer Shandy, um, you know that kind of stuff. Land Sharks, the lighter. That's that's what I'm after. It's not. I don't want that stout. IPA, I, that's just not for me. I get a headache after like one of those. The the IPAs and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I like them. Um, I don't see. I don't even like them, and I, yeah. I probably would maybe now that I've been into this a little bit well, more. I, you know, growing up in Michigan, them it's more, like but the you know, in my opinion, it's like the king of craft beer. That's what they say. What is it? The king of craft beer. No. I feel like in Michigan, he makes stuff up like this yeah. all the time. Oh. Just, just so there, there's just a, there's a ton of breweries up in just the uh, Lansing Mi- area. Right. Well, well, I mean, in any, in, in any uh, I've lived college there town before, too, that yeah. it's, uh, I just don't think a Michigan is craft beer, though. <laughs> I mean, you got, like, New Holland Bell. Brewing. Bells is up there. Uh, Bells, Bells is huge. Um, yeah. I think homemade wine when I think uh, Michigan. I don't know why I think well, that, because yeah. I got a buddy that's up from up there. And well, they got a lot of wineries um, yeah. in northern Michigan. Which is so weird. Well, I mean, it's just not the climate yeah. for it. Usually. I lived up uh, there. Too. It is. They got okay. a lot of water coming off the. <laughs> no, but it's generally you need it to be a little more temperate. Like you need to have a yeah, like a, that's why Sonoma. It's known for their cherries as well, like northern the Michigan cherries. I cherries. Knew that. Like Traverse like, City, that's a big. That's why they're cherry yeah. infused. Uh, Aren't they known for uh, customizing license plates too? No, that's Ohio. <laughs> no, that's because they have so many people in jail. <laughs> their vanity license plates. Are, that's so Ohio. all you guys are Buckeye fans too. Huh? No, no, I'm a Michigan State fan. You're a what? Michigan State fan. 
I never even. I don't think I've ever met a Michigan State fan. I don't I know that they have a team. I think he just likes this the college. <laughs> and what, what about you? I'm a Buckeye. Yeah, You're yeah. both Buckeye yeah, fans. Buckeye, Man, uh, it must be a rough year for you two. Well, we destroyed Michigan State, so being around him's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I've this, been preparing this my, year was myself rough. for this day for a decade. But right? the real because game mattered, though, right? That's what I'm saying. I've been preparing. Yeah, we've that been preparing for a decade. to lose. From to Michigan for a decade. And listen, when I it took when a I was, decade for it to happen. You know, when, when I was growing, when I was five, six years old. That was when you I know, was Cooper in college. Days. When I was, I was Cooper college. days. So, was, are you hoping that Jim Harbaugh like beats feet to the NFL now? No, no. 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 He stays around. Yes, he's a terrible coach. He's oh, terrible. I, oh I, think he, I think he was the best thing that ever happened to Michigan yes. as an Ohio State fan. Yeah, this yeah. is what <laughs> I would like to talk about our podcast a little bit more. Jim's not a football guy like I am. And uh, are I you got, UK fan? No, I'm a I'm a Texas Longhorns fan. Oh, okay. I, I, hey, and I, I'm the truest kind know. of fan. Well, how do you feel about them going to the SEC? I, I like it. Yeah. Um, number one, people think they're on a downswing. They are on. A, I wouldn't call it downswing. Every college has that. Yeah. You know, I can. Ohio remember, State's yeah. had it. I mean, they've all people had are like, it. oh, Texas is down right now. Texas will be back up. Um, they're going to find a coach. They're going to find their stride. Every it's cyclical. Like Alabama was on a downswing for the longest time. Texas has a lot of money, yeah. more money than anybody else, and they've got unreal expectations, um, just like Ohio yeah. State, oh, yeah. just like the yeah. SEC. Every, they want to win a national right. championship every year. Every year. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing that that I think this past year that changed the face of college football. Right. Uh, number one, the transfer portal. Yes. Yeah. Is like just murder in college football right now. Kid yeah. goes there, he doesn't start right away. He gets his feelings hurt. I'm going to the transfer. Right. Yeah. They don't that's put what's going to happen their, uh, to, to your Longhorns from, did you see yesterday? Yours. Yours. Is he going to yeah, Texas? He, he, so his top three picks is Texas, Texas Tech, and I forgot. A&M. Said, yeah. Well, so here, there's that second part of that, right? We were The second we were part of that transfer this. portal is these colleges, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, uh, these big colleges that have – going to Texas and cherry-picking players, that's going to stop because the kids are figuring out now the third part to that is they can make a crap ton of money off of brands. Yeah. Stay staying, right, staying local. Stay right local. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what the, kind of better marketing story is a local kid you know, doing yeah, well locally? I, I think it's going to be cool. And it's, I think it's going to be cool in two aspects. I mean, you're going to have the kids that are um, – you know, maybe like Michigan State's running back. Like he had an outstanding year, or yeah. he he did pretty good at um, Wake Forest. But then, boom, he goes to Michigan State and has you know just and he an unreal. He's like I messed up. I don't even know why I came up here. Yep, they got this dirty water. I, up I better here. run. <laughs> yeah, I, better, is dirty I better run hard so that the yeah. NFL takes me out of this place. Yeah, yeah. So, but then I think in the same in the same instance, like you're gonna get like those players that go to the top schools. Um, in the reverse of that, they can make some of the lower tier schools better because they're like, well, I don't need to do this. I can transfer, not sit out, and I can be a starter well, here. It's kind of what happened to basketball, uh, NCAA basketball, yeah, because a lot of these schools started getting more airtime, you know, with with all the different cable channels and all those different things, and and so you see a lot more of those mid majors making a play more now. Yeah. Because everyone's getting nationally televised games now. Right. And I think that's going to start happening, especially now in football, now with the transfer portal. And I get the reasoning for the transfer portal. Coaches are just, you know, they come in for two years, leave, 
You know, Lane Kiffin did no favors yeah. the way he was jumping around from job Mich- to job. Michigan State had uh, three transfer kids on campus for official visits this weekend already. But, that's but that's crazy. what I mean. Like, you you know, you allow coaches without penalty to come in, leave their contract, and go to another school, but, but you don't let the kids yeah. do it. Where they, do have you, to sit, they had to sit out a year to Where do, do you like, take a transfer kid in in Lansing? Where do you, I mean, what do you show them? You show them back behind the barn. So, <laughs> I mean, take them cow tipping. So that's truly it. I mean, it's a very rural area, but the campus is amazing. Like the campus is just absolutely beautiful, but yeah, it, it is, is an nice old campus. agricultural school. Yeah. So they're known for like their dairy farm and just everything else. Like that, there's, there's that, nothing outside nothing of that. nothing sings athlete, yeah. I don't know what does. I yeah. swore that they took, uh, eight mile from where Eminem is from. Yeah. And they just took it and moved it north when I visited Lansing and I was like, this could be eight miles. So so <laughs> Lansing is Lansing is very like there's nothing happening in Lansing. It's 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 the I don't University know why anyone else, right? I don't know why anyone would live outside of that town or live in that town outside of go, going to school there. Or See, that's the thing with school. the University of Texas. When you go to the University of Texas it's awesome, man. You got a that's a party school. I mean, you got yeah. 6th Street in Austin, and it's just a party school. So. so I have a question for you about Texas then, because I feel like they need, again, outside looking in, but the I feel like they need a buffer, a good, strong AD who can keep the all of the alum, all of the, the guys that are coming down hard on these head coaches year after year. I mean, it's like every year they so want to fire I, the coach. I think they got it now because – Truthfully, is is out there already, right? The, the alumni wanted Sarkeesian gone, right? And it, I don't know if that was because they thought they could pick another coach and say, "Okay, we can lure our coach to Texas with money." But I think you got to give a coach five years. You have at to at least five years. Yeah. Get their own. Was Tom Herman the guy? I don't know. They didn't give him long enough. Was no. Charlie Strong the guy? I don't know. They didn't give him long enough. You well, get, I mean, look, you got to see their own now. guys start to produce and see their complete vision. And the problem is, is no one has that type of uh, patience in, yeah, in sports like, right hey, now. I would never have probably fired Mac Brown. I probably would have kept him there. He just got that's, to be complacent. And that's funny. You just I, sit down with him and talk to him and say, listen, yeah. you got to do something. But I think some of these something. schools, and, and rightfully so, especially when you're the, with the money you're spending, but like some of these programs are just like, wow, you're going, you're, you're going 10 and 2 every year. Like that's not good enough. You know what I mean? I know that's crazy, isn't it? But like, because if you're at ten and two every year, then there's a there's there's a higher possibility, in my opinion, for lightning to strike and have a twelve and zero season. Yeah. If you're living at ten and two, and then you go down to eight and four because you're constantly hiring a new coach, I mean, come on, that, yeah. that's just not it. Well, I I really, you know, college football. Like I was saying, Art, I'd love to talk college football because to me that that could be a whole separate podcast. But there's podcasts yeah. out there for, for it, right? yeah. Um, yeah. I always talk to me and my little brother are talking and he's he went uh, walked on at the University of Colorado and uh, he went to the University of Nebraska even though he was a Marine at the time he went there and was a uh, naval history professor <laughs> or assistant professor and uh, so he's a big college football nut and I just he, he always tells people hey my brother would have could have played college ball he just didn't have grades um they were like, where would he went? He would have went to the University of Texas and played. Back then, I was a little bit smaller, so I'd probably pull a fullback or linebacker. 
But that was back in the days when linebackers were 6'2", 260. Just, right, they weren't yeah. running four three forties and no. you know they're working four nine pounds. and when they hit you, you right, know, it was yeah. like a Mack truck hitting you and stuff. Yeah. Um, great, great days and stuff. I'd love to. Yeah, I just love talking about college football. It's nice to sit down with, yeah. with three guys that, that, even though he's a Michigan State fan, right? And I could but talk. That makes it more fun. About Ohio State, I had a yeah. buddy call yeah. me uh, yesterday, and I said, "Hey, I got to get off the phone with you." But he loves to talk. Yeah. As much as I do. And uh only reason he called, he's like, I was like, what's up, man? What you need? And he's like, I just want to talk about college football with you. Yeah. He's a he's a Buckeyes fan. Mm, and he's like, I, I was, he was like, good people. Good he was people. like, I was surprised you didn't give me a hard time. And I was like, no, man, you took your loss. I said, here's the only thing I didn't like about that loss was that the Ohio State fans told the Michigan fans, act like you've been there before. I was like, uh, yeah, that's eh, a little hypocritical. Well, first you got to imagine, though, a lot of the Ohio State fans that have uh, are saying that probably have never seen anything except for victories. Yeah. Like I, though, as he mentioned, I grew up, I went the, to college. The Cooper the days. Cooper days. Every year we're 11 and 0 or 10 and 0 or whatever, going to Michigan and lose every year. And so we got sick and tired of it. Like, and then that's why Trestle eventually. Like, you know, no one wanted to come in with that type of uh, pressure on them every year just to win one game. And like, could that happen? I mean, that, that's that's Ohio that Ohio State thing. That's Texas. Yeah, and that's, that's all of them. Well, right? so like Alabama, Alabama Auburn, Auburn, LSU. I mean, as a, as a Michigan, Georgia. Michigan State fan, like, you know, when you're kind of preparing for your, your season, you're like, what's a you know, successful season? It's like, it's beat Michigan. Beat Michigan. It's like, well, what okay, what if what if you went like seven and five, beat Michigan? Doesn't matter. And that's why Earl Bruce had as good of a career there as he did because he went eight and four every year, but he was beating Michigan half the time. Yeah. As we're talking about it, Alabama is up yeah. on Georgia thirty-eight to twenty-four. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I see. Ugh. Everyone was talking about how great Georgia's defense was this year. I said they haven't played anyone who can who can test it. Mm. They haven't played anyone who can test it. Georgia is getting their ass kicked. I'm going to have to run or I'm going to get in trouble because I got another date to go. Hey, oh, okay. Hey. Yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah. You hear that? 38 to 24, Alabama. And it looks like Alabama just scored again. So, uh, so that makes it 45 or that makes it 38? I, I'm not You know how ESPN is on smartphone? Yeah. It, it is the slowest thing ever. So you better drink faster than I oh, guess. Oh, Jesus. And then, but hey, you guys have to guess what this is, though. Okay. But before you do this, and I know you probably have to get up here and run. It's been an hour yeah. and a half. Uh, thank oh, you for shit. coming in meeting. I wasn't hundred percent sure if you were going to yeah. make it. So I really appreciate it coming in and meeting. It's been great. Yeah. It's been a blast. You've been a, a great guest. I love just sitting here shooting the shit with you. It's, it's a, um, you know, you, now you know, understand our podcast is very little about bourbon, <laughs> a lot about, a lot about bullshitting. It is. I mean, we're bourbon bullshitting, right? Yeah, we're yeah, sitting here drinking bourbon. We're talking about it a little bit, but we're just bullshitting. That's, that's the show. Bullshitting bourbon. Yeah. That should have been, that been the, the podcast. Then they would have known what they're getting into. Go ahead into. and taste that. Um, now we, we focus on the bourbon a little more sometimes, but a lot of times this is what happens. We just sit and talk about bourbon and this is where it goes. So well, that's where I'm headed to another bourbon bar. Nice. Are you? <laughs> well, I'm headed out Shelbyville. There's a, a, a bourbon bar out there, but it's really a, a craft distillery. They have a nice bourbon bar inside there. It's called, uh, the barrel room. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, nice place You've to talked stop. about that before. Yeah. yeah. Just our kind of little hangout. That's kind of where the podcast started for me. And uh, awesome, nice. There's a country music artist out there singing tonight, so we're gonna listen to him. I'm actually gonna see a kid. I call him a kid. He's a grown man now, but um, I station up in Michigan on the Heavy Icebreaker Mackinac, which is a museum now. Oh wow! Um, and 
he worked for me. He didn't have a driver's license at the time. Didn't know how to drive a car. So I had to teach him how to drive, teach, take him and get him a driver's license. He's like, I don't need one. I was like, you're moving to Jonesport, Maine after this is done. He was like, well, there's taxis. There's no taxis nope. up there. It's like <laughs> stepping back in a 19. Just like, there's no, live in Just like there's no Ubers in Bardstown. Uh, we lived oh, up in Sheboygan not. for two years. Sheboygan. Sheboygan. Yeah. Right. Sheboygan, Michigan. Every time I hear Sheboygan, what do I think of? Wayne's World. Is that where Wayne's World is from? No, but they say Sheboygan in that. Do I they? Oh, no. It, yeah, it's Wayne's World, too. Home Alone. Huh? Home Alone. Oh, Home Alone. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, she's talking about Sheboygan, yeah. Wisconsin. Man, you yeah. went through those northern yeah. Michigan winters. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've been stationed in Maine too, and yeah. uh, it snowed up there a little bit. So uh, we always talk about snow. And uh, my son's in the Air Force, and my daughter-in-law is like, "I want to move to Minot, North Dakota." And I was like, "No, you don't." She, oh, you, you don't know what you're talking about? Yes, I do. And I was like, yeah, "Go right ahead." <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. There's not only a couple things to do in the wintertime. Get out the uh, get out the sleds. Yeah. And drink. <laughs> what? What are you thinking? I don't know. Do you know do you know what this is? I get a lot of sweetness. There's a very awesome cherry aftertaste. Man. Give me a price range. How about that? I'll tell you it's a Another one of their barrel picks. Oh, it's another barrel pick. Okay. It is interesting. Did you ask them for some? For I an, thought I thought Tyler was going to get it on the nose like as soon as I handed it to him, but he didn't. Um, Forever City. No. Do you have a guess? Is it Four Gate? Nope. I don't have a guess. Every time you know something, oh, you say this is what this is. Four roses. No, they don't do it. So Brett couldn't make it this week. Bananas said, Foster. Bananas Foster. Oh, is this old Forster? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Jeff goes out to the bar while we're talking here. Gets us a four four pours. Doesn't tell what us what is it, it is. Though? Just that there's there's single barrel, right? Yeah, it's a uh, it's ninety or hundred proof. Yeah, it was a hundred proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a damn. It, you said that as soon as you said that. It, they named it uh, the color red. MCS the color red. Okay. Look at that cherry juice on it. Yeah. 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 So that's probably why you're tasting cherries. Yeah, he cherries. did say. Yeah. But as soon as you uh, Bananas that, Fosters. I, yeah. Yeah. Every time. Or Bananas Forester. Well, I appreciate the bourbon <laughs> hunters having me as a guest. Uh, yeah. You guys have been awesome to talk to. Dude, yeah, it's been a good time. Uh, I really appreciate it. Anytime yeah. you guys are down in town, hit me up. You yeah, need cool. a guest. You know you know what you can do. You can All right. Me up, man. I'll, we'll uh, have to do that then. I'll make we'll sure I can help you guys out. Um, appreciate it. You know, we like to say rising tides raises all raises ships. Raises all ships, yeah. And uh, that, to me, is truly what the bourbon community is about. We've talked several times yeah. about um, podcasting, cast chasers up there in Ohio, uh, the mash and drum on uh, yeah. from YouTube. He's yeah. helped us out. Dad's drinking us bourbon too, yeah. down in, in uh, Nashville area. He's been a just tremendous help. Here in town, we got a... Bourbon Life over in Lexington and mm-hmm. then Bourbon Lens and even Lens, Bourbon yeah. Pursuit. Bourbon Pursuit. Have you yeah. if, uh, those have you ever had good. Jason on for Mash and Drum? We yeah, have. they did. Uh, okay. times, yeah. I think you guys were actually at his place, right? One time. Jim went up there for that trip. Sometimes we'll do podcasts alone if we're on the road. Yeah, uh, yeah. We just feel like that's a good way for us to build our brand as a wide let a, a uh, episode yes. slip away, right? right. Yeah. You got to do what you got to yeah. do. And 
Um, that's great. I know you guys are keeping with it and stuff, and that's to us. That's that's, that's eighty percent of it. That first year is super tough to get through, and then that second year, have you stuck around long enough, and you start earning that respect of the yeah. bourbon community, and they're like, "Hey, these guys ain't going nowhere." I don't know that we're earning any respect other than our longevity, <laughs> our persistence. Now, well, how many episodes are you guys at right now? Uh, we're well, this 80, we've recorded something. four probably this weekend. We're ninety something. Oh, okay. This. Ninety three, ninety four. It's our yeah. second year. So you're this, about to break that. Break that. Yeah. And actually, yeah. so my wife's uh, my wife's boss, uh, her husband, um, he owns a podcast company which they help CEOs um, either find podcasts to be on or they help CEOs like start their own podcast. Of like well, large this would, companies. This would be great information for us. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're like so. Two years in. <laughs> hey, he's got to get out of yeah, here. So yeah. we got to yeah. wrap this up. But hey, thanks you again for joining us. And, honestly, yeah. hey, you want to check out the Bourbon Road? You know yeah, where you yeah, find us at. Yep. Uh, yeah, you where, find me on Instagram, Instagram at the Big Bourbon Chief. Um, same thing on uh, TikTok and same thing on Facebook. Um, check us out. We do two shows a week and stuff. Um, we're just two dudes talking about whiskey truthfully. That's a good show. Uh, just Check like you guys. Yeah. And uh, we really appreciate you letting us come on here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. No, thank Thanks you for, for coming. I know it's a 45, 40 minute drive for you to get over here. It Have sounds fun. like you're kind of in town anyway, but, but uh, thank you honestly yeah. for, for coming. Thank you. Appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yeah. I got to thank your wife too, because uh, yes, thank yeah. you. she's sitting yes. here nice and quietly and patiently <laughs> this entire hour and a half. So life lesson today for me was we're at a Christmas market. And she said, I like that purse. Now, what I didn't know she was saying in my my wisdom. Christmas was, present. She said, we're walking around. She's like, you should have bought that. And I was like, why didn't <laughs> my you wife, just say? My wife paid me on that like five years ago. It took me about three hits over the head with a hammer for me to realize that's what she means. 22 years. She's, <laughs> she's been telling me for 22 yeah, years. Yeah, it's probably been 10 for I, me. I just need honest. straight up man talk. Hey, buy this. I know. I prefer it. that, but it, but there's a code. There's a there's a manual that came with my wife. <laughs> yeah, I ask my I ask my wife all the time. Why can't you just I'm about, say it? I'm about 100 pages into that manual. <laughs> you know what she's going to get Still now? Still to figure she's gonna, out. She's going to get guns and camouflage. Yeah, that's, I mean... <laughs> So she can hide. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye. As far as the bourbon hunters are concerned, you know where to find us. Please, if you're enjoying the episode, go into your podcasting app and follow us and leave us a review if you can. Thanks a lot. You can find us at the Bourbon Hunters on Instagram, Dude Pool on Instagram, Tyler Schaefer04 on Instagram, Brett Paul Bryan on Instagram, The People Schnoz on under Instagram. And Jeff Tress is young Jeff 07. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. And follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon. Bourbon.